common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, let's go to Dr. Mark Siegel, who's joining us now here on Katz and Cosby. Uh, Dr. Siegel, let's walk through. Uh, first, can you tell us about the sort of this efficacy of these old vaccines, how they're basically saying you shouldn't use the old ones because uh, everyone's so confused? They shouldn't be confused. When they came out with the bivalent shot, you're talking about COVID. When, when, they, when they came out with the bivalent shot, they, uh, they switched off of the original. Anyway, what happens is think of it like a flu shot. We're not using last year's flu shot. We don't even, it might actually work a little, but we don't use it. So as you upgrade a vaccine to make it in keeping with where the virus goes, you change the formulation. And that formulation is supposedly more effective against the new strains. That's all. So, and that's what this is. So you're not going to use an old ver- version. The problem is, though, that a lot of these vaccines had to be thrown out because people didn't want them or because they overbought. That's a totally different issue. Okay, so doctors, it's Richard Weinberg. So in other words, they're not saying that the original vaccine was defective anyway. They're just saying that there was a change of uh, a circumstance, that's all. As a matter of fact, Judge, and to be totally fair to the situation, if if I used the old vaccine right now and it wasn't expired because they expire, right? But let's say I use the early formulation. It would still have some effect against these strains. It does. It's just probably not as good as 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 tinkering with the vaccine to make it exactly what the, the new variant looks like, subvariant looks like. That's all. The new one that's coming out in September is matching the XBB. Doctor, this is Pete King. Do you have any recommendations to make as to who should uh, line up for that vaccine? The new one? Well, you know, I mean, the you, last you time know, I asked you this, you told me I should do it because I'm old and fat. I'm still trying to recover <laughs> from that, you know. <laughs> that's right. You're not, you're not old or fat. Actually, <laughs> I told you to run for Congress again. I said your seat is waiting for you. Well, you we, I, needed, we needed Pete King back. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm hardly saying you're over the hill. I'm telling you to get back in the game. How about you run for Senate? I saw you at a party with Chuck Schumer the other night. I was thinking maybe you should have his seat, Pete. That sounds good, you know. <laughs> How about Jack King? <laughs> But actually, he said hello to me, and I thought maybe he's forgotten everything. He might be having cognitive problems. Chuck is saying hello to me. (laughs) Anyway, seriously, um, I think that I'm comfortable with the idea of, first of all, identifying who's at higher risk. So we've seen consistently that it's a problem with older people or people with chronic medical problems are more at risk of COVID. For anybody else, it's really pretty elective. You you talk it over with your doctor. You know, the CDC is making a recommendation, yearly flu shot, yearly COVID shot, yearly new RSV shot, virus shot for older people. I mean, it's something for me to discuss with my patients. What are their feelings about it? It's not what my feeling is, it's what their feeling is and what their expectation is. So I'm I'm specifically interested in those most at risk. And, and uh, also, what concerns would you have, if any? Well, I, you know, here's something that got completely misplayed. I have concerns about everything. If I give penicillin out, I have concerns about will somebody have a rash or anaphylaxis. Everything we do, every treatment I prescribe has side effects to it, and vaccines are are, are among them. I think that vaccine technology has advanced. I was more worried when we gave uh, completely actual viruses to people, the way, the way it started. You know, yellow fever may be making a resurgence. That vaccine has a lot of side effects. So 
I'm more interested in the in getting protecting against the virus usually than I am about risk of the vaccine. But I always will honestly go over what the risks of the vaccine are. They're not zero. And John Casamitidis will tell you that. Uh, doctor, let me ask you this. You know, one of the problems we have is resurgence of diseases that we haven't had in large scale in this country for many years. And yet we're allowing people to jump the border, come in, and they're not being checked. How do we get the public health considerations back into uh, this policy? Well, what you just did helps, which is why don't we put why don't we put the shoe on the right foot and, and honestly talk about the poorest borders where when when my grandparents were coming into the United States, they were checked for days at Ellis Island. I mean, and that was legal immigration. So we have illegal immigration. We have flooding of the borders. We pulled back Title 42, which, as far as I'm concerned, was doing great public health work for us with custom and border protection um Areas are overwhelmed, overflowing. The CBP agents, their health is at risk. The migrants' health is at risk. And local hospitals and communities are at risk. And then, of course, we ship them to other states, ship them up here, and and, and everybody complains. But with the, with the borders the way they are, that's a much bigger – you know, how can you talk about vaccine compliance, as you just said, when everyone coming in is not vaccinated or a lot? Uh, one last question uh, before we have to go. Uh, what were we going to ask? We were going to ask about air, air quality. quality. Yeah, Are we going to yeah. die from uh, breathing this I air? thought you were going to ask about cocaine in the White House. Well, <laughs> I'll ask you that, too, but tell me about the air quality. Yeah, we want to ask about that, Should I too. stop breathing? Well, the air quality today in New York is not good, but the reason, and it's over 90 degrees, but the reason for that is the fireworks, believe it or not. And I started seeing air quality going down in L.A. I said, what the heck happened? How did it get from Nova Scotia to L.A.? It turns out there are wildfires in the Northwest again, in California. So we're seeing that resurge. But the main problem in New York today and and in the Great Lakes, well, the Great Lakes region also having a problem with air quality today. Some of that is the wildfires from Canada. Here, the problem is fireworks. Works. It will only last a day. Cocaine. And then John could, John could be back out on the street. Co- cocaine. <laughs> what's the what, what, what's what's your what do you hear whispered about cocaine? Well, listen, listen, I don't think, I don't know how cocaine got into the White House. I don't assume it was Hunter Biden. I think a lot of of jokes were made. Maybe it was him. Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing. It's once again a frittered away opportunity to talk about a terrible drug that people binge, that when you binge, it increases anxiety and, and paranoia and panic attacks and raises your heart rate, puts you at risk for stroke and heart attack. And it also leads to other drug use. And the real question is, you know, why can't we talk about how that's on an upsurge now because of those ridiculous lockdowns during the pandemic? So there's a lot of drug use going on. How did it get into the White House is a different question. You know, there's everyone else on this on this uh, show besides me is a better expert on security. But I, I can't even believe it got into the White House. But it, but but that just shows you, you know, all the fingers were pointed at the Trump White House, but didn't happen then. Yeah, exactly. What a crazy situation. Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you. We love you. Great to have Great you here to on the show. Thank you.